This NHC GOP podcast is sponsored by Wendell August Forge, crafted by American artisans in America for nearly a century. Wendell August gifts are unique symbols of the stories, traditions, and milestones that bind us together. Christmas is coming up, so this is a perfect time to get holiday ornaments. Right now, buy three ornaments, get the fourth free. Use the code STOCKUP when you check out. Find out more about Wendell August Forge at wendellaugust.com. Forged with care, given with love, Wendell August Forge. Welcome to the NHC GOP Podcast. I'm Rule Sample. Honored to be joined by Nick Craig, host of Wilmington's Morning News on 107.9 and 980 The Wave. Nick, thanks for joining us after a long day at the radio station. Yes, Rule, thanks for the uh, time this uh, this afternoon. Looking forward to the conversation. We're going to put you on the other end of the microphone because you're going to be answering questions today instead of asking them. So let's talk about the recent elections here in New Hanover. Some big news coming out of the school board. What are we seeing with the results with the election for uh, school board members? Well, I think you see a clear distinction from previous leadership to, to where we are now. You had the majority of the school board up this election. It's a it's a seven-member board and the superintendent. So there's eight eight people on it, but obviously the superintendent is not elected. So your majority of your seats were up in this election. And um, I think to a surprise of a lot of folks, I can guarantee you a surprise to the, to the Democrats on Tuesday night. It was not the Republicans just picking up two or three seats. It was picking up four, and what makes that interesting is two incumbents uh, lost their races, and they not only lost, they were the two lowest vote-getters out of eight candidates in the general election. So I think as you look at that, it's a clear dis- there, there's a clear apathy from people in the community that they were not happy with the current Board of Education and their leadership, so they're deciding to try some new change, and that's uh, behind a conservative direction. So we see Pat Bradford... Brand new to the Board of Education, topping out the list. Yep. Pete Wilderbor coming back on the Board of Education. And then two newcomers, uh, Melissa Mason and Josie Barnhart, rounding the, rounding the four out. What do you think the driving thing was that got these four Republicans elected? I think it's got to be learning loss rule. I, I don't think you can, I don't think many parents could sit back and look at the last two years of 24 months of the public education system, go to the ballot box and say, yeah, you know what? These people that have caused so much learning loss and that's, it's not a subjective thing at this point. It's not my opinion that there's learning loss. There's statistics from not only the state DPI, but from national organizations that there's five plus years worth of learning loss because of remote learning and shutdowns. And I think a lot of parents, as they went to the ballot box back a few days ago, they determined that these people that caused this problem are not my solution going forward. And it's not it wasn't just here in New Hanover County. You saw this a, a, a lot of places across North Carolina and the country. I was reading a Fox News article today about just the sweep on Board of Education races all over the United States because parents are frustrated. They want they want what's best for their kids. If there's one thing that came out of covid these online courses gave parents an opportunity to see into the classrooms like no other time before. And they saw a lot of things that were happening and that weren't happening. Do you see that? Do you think that as a factor as well? 
Yeah, I think so. And I think you can even look back prior to this election to the election of uh, Governor Youngkin up in Virginia two years Mm -hmm. ago and how he, uh, I think, kind of orchestrated the playbook for Republicans to make education an issue. Anybody that's been uh, that's been involved in politics for for any number of years knows that Republicans always lose on education, always have for whatever reason. They're just not good at messaging it. And I think Glenn Youngkin set the narrative of, hey, it's not the, the government's job is not to educate your child. Yes, they can be part of the process, uh, but it's not their lone responsibility to educate and raise your child. And obviously that resonated with parents in 2020 up in Virginia. Actually, excuse me, 2021 in Virginia, mm-hmm. and then resonated uh, with people here uh, just a few days ago in New Hanover County, a purple county, said, by the way, I'll note. And it's, and it's, it's not just here in New Hanover County, as you said, it's that all across the, the, the county, the country in this election, we saw school boards flip towards people who were concerned about parents. Yeah, the other, absolutely. The, the other, uh, the other big race here in New Hanover was the county commission. Uh, Leanne Pierce, who is not new to politics, uh, tops out at the top of the list uh, to get on that board. Well, she uh, she raised a lot of money to do it. She had, I think, all, between all three other candidates, uh, she had raised more money than all of them combined. And that showed she was the top vote getter. Uh, Rob Zappel, the uh, Democrat incumbent being the top. Uh, there's two seats available there. So out of four candidates, top two make it on. Uh, make it through the general election. And uh, she beat out an incumbent, uh, which is very interesting to see, especially I'll note again in a purple county that Joe Biden carried in 2020 and Sherry Beasley carried this go around by by just a couple of votes. So that was interesting to see Tom Toby, the, the third vote getter there, kind of the political outsider, ran a fantastic campaign. But you know, rule as you sit back and, and, and look at it, it's hard to beat an incumbent, especially somebody like Rob Zappel, who has voted against the sale of the hospital, voted against property tax increases, and actually voted against the transportation sales bond that was on the ballot here just a few days ago. So he made some very smart political votes um, back during his during the last 12 months or so to put him in a very precarious spot for unaffiliated voters. And unfortunately for, for Tom Toby, he just wasn't able to overcome that. As another podcaster who has a slightly more viewers and listeners than we do, is that when Democrats vote conservative, they get elected and they get things done. And that and that's what Rob Zappel has figured out. But the, the county commission's got a lot of things to do. And the big things are is uh, uh, development within uh, here within New Hanover County and bringing the film industry back and the other issues that they're wrestling with. How do you think this is all going to play out on the county commission? Are we going to see better development? I don't know if we'll see. I don't know what we'll see in terms of development. But the one thing I'm watching more than anything else is the return to normalcy on the county commission. As we know, Julia Bozeman, the current chairwoman, uh, lost her primary. She didn't even make it to the general election. And uh, for the last couple of months, every single county commission meeting has had this weird cloud over it of uh, what's you know her personal life and personal issues kind of bleeding over into the to these meetings, which should not be the case. But when you've got somebody that's embattled in so many controversies leading your meetings, not just a member, but leading the charge on those meetings, um, it, it caused a lot of doubt for people in New Hanover County. So, you know, no matter what happens with it, I think you'll get back to some semblance of normal government. I will note 
Um, contrary to voting records, there are now three Republicans that are uh, registered Republicans on the county commission. Uh, Leanne Pearson and Deb Hayes going to be the conservatives leading that voice. Uh, but we've seen that Rob Zappel has voted with Deb Hayes many, many times. There's been a lot of five two votes on that commission, and it's been her and Rob Zappel. So it'll be interesting to see now if he kind of comes along or jumps back onto the progressive side of it to uh, kind of act as the opposition voice. So I, there'll be a lot of interesting decisions for the county commission over the next few years. Let's get out of New Hanover County. Uh, arguably, the most important race in the state was the Supreme Court. And we saw two Republicans get put on that court. How important is that race? If you're if you were frustrated Tuesday that you went into your voting location and there was a big sign plastered on the door that said no cell phones and no IDs required, which a majority of North Carolinians are in favor of, they voted for it back in 2018. The reason that has not happened, the reason that your vote in 2018 to put voter ID on the state Supreme Court or uh, on the uh, state constitution has not happened is because of the North Carolina Supreme Court. It's currently a 5-4 Democrat uh, controlled board and both and and every single decision has gone party line vote every single vote for in the supreme court every decision has been 5-4 these versus ours and the interesting thing about this is uh here's an interesting fact for you since 2019 statewide judicial candidates have gone 15 for 15 that's hmm. that's not an accident rule that's obvious that individuals are looking and want conservative judges they don't want individuals legislating from the bench in north carolinians Again, purple state, a lot of unaffiliated, a lot of Democrat voters, they side with conservative judges. And not only was it a big win for Richard Dietz, but Trey Allen unseated Sam Irvin Jr., a current sitting Supreme Court justice. That is a, a huge win for the Republicans. And those races weren't even close. We're talking three or four points in a statewide race. That's a huge landslide for the Republicans. One of the major differences, we call these judges Republicans and we call them conservatives but what they really are are constitutionalists is that they're going to look at the constitution of North Carolina and see if the law works. And the result of that just might be, they might rule against their own party at times, but what we want them to do is to look at the law as it stands and not make their own laws. Correct. And again, legislation <laughs> from the bench. And one of the phrases that's become very popular in North Carolina is sue till blue. We've seen it with with redistricting. We've seen it with uh, the Supreme Court or uh, excuse me, with a voter ID. We've seen it with uh, felon voting. All of these various things just get embattled in these long term legal battles. Voter ID has been caught up in legal battles for four years now, and it eventually makes its way to the Supreme Court. The, the Democrats always side against seemingly always siding against the citizens of uh, North Carolina. And, and then now you've got some cases like redistricting that are going to the U.S. Supreme Court, which is really interesting. Uh, but for the for the Democrats that have used the courts as their essentially another branch or arm of the legislative body, this is a big loss for them. They will no longer be able to just get things to the Supreme Court and have the Democrat uh, justices do their bidding. Let's talk about some of those redistricting that that affected some races down here. We had three people going back up to uh, well, two people heading back up to Raleigh and uh, one newcomer who did not make it. Let's talk about John Hinnett first. He is he, he ran in a very, very, very tough district. And while he didn't make the numbers to win, it is a win 
in many ways. Talk about John. Well, let me say this first. I'm not one of these people that's going to sit here and say, oh, even though we lost, there's still this silver lining and you shouldn't be disappointed. No, when you lose, it, it, it sucks. Nobody likes to lose. And when you have a candidate like John Hinnant, who worked arguably harder, and this is not a, a dig on any other candidate, I'm not sure that anybody could worked as hard as John did. He door knocked weekend after weekend, phone calls, events, fundraisers. I don't know of anybody that worked as hard as him, and that's not a dig on the other candidates. But rule, sometimes the math just doesn't work. And if you're in a district like John Hinnant ran in, which is you know estimated to be a D plus six, a D plus seven, sometimes there's just not enough voters. So for John to finish down just twenty two hundred votes in a district that realistically a Republican shouldn't even come close to winning is a win. And I think it sets the stage that long term Democrats and specifically susceptible Democrats, which I think Deb Butler is, she is going back to Raleigh. Um, they need to be careful with what they do, because twenty two hundred votes this go around with what we've got going on could be very different in a presidential election in two years when voter turnout is significantly higher than it is during a a prime or a, a midterm election. You're talking about 20, 30, 40,000 more voters in New Hanover County in the 2024 presidential election. That could sway uh that that district in a in a pretty sizable way. So she needs to be careful and for John, uh he ran an unbelievable campaign and if I had to guess I'd say he's not going to be going anywhere anytime soon. I think he wore out about five sneakers as he talked to people because he was out door knocking every day. But we did send two people back, Ted, Charlie, heading back to the North Carolina House. Yeah, uh, Ted Davis's race was a lot tougher this go around than in years past. Uh, as we talked about earlier, redistricting shifted some of the uh, more Republican areas from Ted's district to Deb Butler's district. Uh, Ted Davis lost areas like Landfall and Figure Eight Island that are uh, traditionally Republican hotbeds. So he had a much more competitive race and he was able to beat out a political newcomer, Amy Block Deloche, by I think about eleven hundred votes is the is the total there, minus any uh, late uh, early or late mail ballots or overseas ballots that are going to come in. So yeah, he's heading back up there. And fortunately for Charlie Miller, uh, I'd say he had the best night of everybody. No challenger. Um, <laughs> he ran unopposed in the primary and, uh, you know, was able to use his money during the general and his influence during the general to help push some of these other candidates across the line like Ted and, uh, and and like helping John and trying to get him up in Raleigh. So uh, a big win for uh, both of those House members here in New Hanover County. We even had the uh, majority leader of the House come down, John Bell, to to help out with candidates. So it was an incredible team effort by the Republicans. For the Senate, probably the one who faced the biggest amount of money coming in was Michael Lee. How big of a win is Michael Lee going back to the North Carolina Senate? It's huge. And it wasn't that many years ago. It was back in 2018 when Harper Peterson beat him by less than 400 votes. And we saw what Harper Peterson did in Raleigh. And it was nothing. It was just a bunch of nothing votes bringing bills to the floor that had no business being on the floor of the North Carolina Senate and not getting anything done. And compare and contrast that with what Michael Lee's done over the last two years. He's the chair of the Education Committee in the Senate. He's been fighting for uh, clean air and clean drinking water. Again, another issue that Republicans always lose on. He is one of the most effective legislators in the entire state of North Carolina. And he had a liberal progressive running against him. And a uh, tough race, 
money coming in from all over the place. Michael Bloomberg, the former mayor of New York, um, contributed at least $50,000 to Marsha Morgan's campaign in little old New Hanover County here on the coast. So <laughs> you're talking about a seat that, that, that really was important for the Republicans to hold for them to get a supermajority in the Senate, which they did receive now. They will be able to outvote the Democrats in the case of a veto override in the North Carolina Senate. And the only way that was possible was Michael Lee holding the seat here in New Hanover County. What I found interesting throughout all this, Nick, and you probably saw it there at the radio station, was that the Republicans were constantly accused of being extremists, of being radicals in their thoughts. Yeah. But well, they're not. I, well, they're, they're not, but I think, and, and I know I said I wasn't going to talk about this, but we will anyway. Um, <laughs> if you look at the national picture and all of the races that did not go the way that the Republicans had hoped, I think using the word, and I, I think I underestimated how powerful it was to paint somebody as an extremist when it comes to elections, when it comes to abortions, and when it comes to general governments, uh, governance. And it appears to me that one of the issues, there was a whole bunch, elections aren't won and lost by, by single issues, it's a culmination of things, that this extremist tag and painting every single Republican as a crazy, radical, right-wing extremist was effective in certain areas. I think it worked in Pennsylvania, uh, and, it, and it worked in other states like Arizona as well. Um, so for the Democrats, that is a huge win for them that they can use. And it's not just the political advertising that does it. Turn on CNN or MSNBC, and you'll hear how every single candidate that ran on Tuesday is a right-wing extremist that wants to destroy the country. Um, so it, the uh, messaging is very effective and it obviously resonates a rule. Nobody wants to be an extremist. Nobody right. wants to be determined. Nobody wants to support a quote extremist. And when the Democrats label every single Republican as an extremist that has a play with unaffiliated voters, there's no question about it. And it's interesting. They got there first. So Republicans couldn't answer by saying, no, no, no. You're the ones who are extremist. Is yeah. that, uh, is it, it just, it doesn't work that way. So it was, a, it was a great tactic by the, by the Democrats and in places, other places it worked. Uh, but not necessarily here in New Hanover County. So that was, that was interesting. And let's take a look at the, the national level. The big news, mm. Ted Budd. Yeah, absolutely. If six, six, eight months ago, the North Carolina Senate race between Ted Budd and Sherry Beasley looked to be the race in the country to watch. Um, it was going uh, right after the primary. It was going to be the race that decided the North Carolina Senate. And as the months and weeks went on leading up to the election, funny enough, the North Carolina race really never materialized like that. Ted Budd always had a lead in polling. His public support always seemed to be significantly higher. And you saw very little national coverage of that race because it just really wasn't that close at all. And all the eye was turned to Arizona, uh, Pennsylvania, and Georgia. So a race that I think a lot of folks back in the primary in May thought was going to be uh, the race to watch and be part of turned out really to be a huge victory for uh, for Ted Buddy, won by over three points, uh, which in a statewide election, again, you know, the whole state of North Carolina, that is a landslide election. One or two, one or two points is a big win in North Carolina. When you get three plus points uh, in a victory in a statewide race like that, that is a landslide for the Republicans here. Republicans did do well here in New Hanover County in North Carolina, but we always have elections coming up and Republicans always need to be reinforcing this need or this relationship with their people 
what do Republicans need to do for the next two years or even for the next year as we get ready for races downtown? What do you think Republicans need to do to reassure people that they are not that right wing extremists? They, they, well, there, I think there's two parts of it there. What do they need to do for the Republican voter first? Let's start with them. They sure. need to do what they said they were going to do. If you campaigned on X, Y, and Z, you need to do X, Y, and Z. If you do A, B, and C, your voters are going to call you a fraud and call you all of these tags, and probably rightfully so if you don't exactly. do what you said you were going to. On the other side of the coin, for the unaffiliated voter or the maybe right-leaning Democrat voter that does split their ticket, which... By the way, let's let's set this out here real, real quick. There are a lot of split voters here in New Hanover County. Look at the final results, and you see Democrats winning certain races, Republicans cleaning and sweeping others. People vote on issues. So I think for Republicans over the next two years, they need to stand by what they said they were going to run on and do what they say they were going to do. If you ran, go back to the Board of Education race, on bringing accountability and transparency to the Board of Education, that's what you need to do. If yeah. you ran for statewide office to continue to better the state of North Carolina and continue to lower our taxes and make us one of the most business-friendly states in the in the country, you have to do that. If not, not only is your own Republican voter base going to just brush you off, but you're, there's no chance that anybody in the middle is going to vote for you either. So you just need to do what you said you were going to do and stick to your morals, stick to your ideas and, and don't, uh, don't kowtow down to the media or any you know, mob that wants you to change what you ran on and what you stand for. Stick true to your guns on it. Let's put that in perspective. Sherry Beasley won New Hanover County. She beat Ted Budd. Yet at the same time, New Hanover County put four conservative Republicans on the school board. And so you're right. People are crossing party lines. The independents are crossing party lines. And at the end of these people's terms, if they don't, if they don't do what they are, have told their people to do, they're going to lose their, their spots. And the Republican party is going to just kind of go down in flames again. Joe Biden won the county in 2020. We sent Michael Lee and Ted Davis to the General Assembly then as well. So, yes, the unaffiliated voter, and I think everybody needs to understand this, the unaffiliated voter, very rarely, true unaffiliated, it's not Democrats that change their party affiliation to unaffiliated or not Republicans that change their party affiliation, true unaffiliated independent voters, they pick and choose. They vote for the individual. They vote for the candidate over the party. So if they believe that Ted Budd has better ideas or Sherry Baisley has better ideas, they might vote for them. But then you go down the ballot and they overwhelmingly supported the four Republican candidates for the Board of Education at the tune. I believe the fourth top vote getter and the fifth top vote getter were separated by over a thousand votes, which is significant. Mm. Percentage wise, it's not big because you've got eight candidates running. But in terms of uh, vote count bigger margin for the board of education victory than Ted Davis's race, which is pretty remarkable. You and I have joked a little bit about now that election days are over, that uh, your radio show is going to be silent in the morning. What are people going to start talking about uh, now that the election's done? We've got some elections still going on. George is coming up and everything else, but what are people talking about here in New Hanover County now? 
Well, yes, you do mention the uh, December the 6th uh, runoff in Georgia. We know what the last two, the two last two Senate uh, runoffs in, in Georgia have been an unmitigated disaster for the Republicans. So hopefully they can clean up their act down there and, and pull Herschel Walker across the finish line. Uh, but after the new year, once uh, Christmas is here and gone, the General Assembly will gavel back in. And with the supermajority in the Senate and one vote shy of the supermajority in the North Carolina House, According to uh, Tim Moore, he says that for all intents and purposes, they have a working supermajority, meaning he believes they could get a single Democrat to cross the aisle to override a veto from Governor Roy Cooper. This is going to be a very busy General Assembly session. Uh, we've got redistricting that will come back up um, with the new uh, legal or with the new Supreme Court. One of the redistricting cases is at the U.S. Supreme Court right now. We'll get a decision on that in june of next year at the end of their term um voter id will be back there are a lot of things that are going to be going on here in north carolina over the next couple of months and it's all going to start with the uh general assembly gaveling back in in early january so there's not going to be any dead air on uh, the wilmington morning show with nick craig anytime soon you know it's uh, my alarm has failed me once or twice so i can't promise no dead air but in terms of uh <laughs> content no there's going to be uh, plenty of stuff to talk about and then you know it won't be long before we really start talking about the 2024 presidential election um you know give it a couple of months into the new year and that's going to be the hot topic uh, and then you'll have a whole bunch of candidates on both sides of the political aisle all uh, trying to jive for the uh, nominations from their party. And it, it'll be a very interesting, the next 24 months or so will be very interesting in terms of uh, politics here in the country. Nick Craig, how can people get a hold of you if they want to leave comments or show suggestions or just yell at you in, in, in general? Well, yell at me. Uh, we got plenty of those people. Uh, they call into the program all the time. Um, you can uh, tune in live from uh, six to nine o'clock every weekday morning. Uh, we'll cover the uh, latest ongoings in the state and nationwide. Uh, there's a podcast of the show as well. You can find it at your uh, favorite podcast app. Search for Wilmington's Morning News or visit our website nine eighty waav dot com or nickcraig dot com and find the uh, the uh, podcast version of the show each and every weekday. Nick Craig, a wealth of information. He's got his finger on the pulse of not only Wilmington, but New Hanover County in North Carolina. Thanks a lot for being here. Thanks, Roy. Appreciate the invite.